Hi there, welcome to or welcome back to the Shift Control Podcast. Uh, my name is Paul McAnallan, thanks for joining me. This is a very early morning podcast. Last week I missed recording because of work commitments and I was disappointed because I wanted to keep the series going for five or six or seven weeks um, for as long as I can. So I'm back at it this morning fairly early. It's about half seven. I've been on the go since about six and it looks steady outside. I have a few back-to-back training sessions between now and the end of the week, so this is the only chance I'm going to get. This podcast is uh, a mix of things, but a mix of things. The last podcast I had referenced, the infamous Glengarry Glen Ross, Alec Baldwin piece, and I've had a few people commenting that, well, uh, on a couple of ways, one, one side of the argument is that it's a brilliant piece of cinema, which it definitely is, and the other one is that it's a really tired reflection of sales. Um, kind of my head, it's both. But I had a few people emailing and just saying that they they find it very strange to connect with something like that. A, it is quite dated, and I suppose B, it is very, very much what wouldn't be acceptable today in sales. So why am I talking about it this morning? Daniel Pink in his book, uh, to Sell as Human talks about the new ABCs of sales. He references the movie too. He references it in um, pretty much the same terms that most people would reference it today. And he talks about that style of selling and how alien it seems. At the same time, he references some other guy in the book whose name escapes me at the minute. It's not, it's not Joe Verdi. It's some fella who's into, I think... Behaves like a used car salesperson. One of his tactics was to take the yellow pages and ring somebody up from the yellow pages, say it was um, Mr. Mr. O'Neill, and he would ask for Mr. Shamey O'Neill, but the person living in the house was uh, Tommy O'Neill. And then he would go from that particular point in the conversation to try and set up an appointment for later in six months' time to start selling. It's a really convoluted uh, piece of... Um, it's not ethical yeah so it's it's, um, unethical selling but it gives you a good idea of what was considered decent practice way back in the 80s and maybe 90s there are people probably still trying to uh, follow the same protocols and was protocol free following the same style if you like and in Pink's book he talks about ABCs being attunement buoyancy and clarity which is very, very different to the ABC in the Mammoth play and book of the same name, uh, which is Always Be Closing. And for Pink, you're kind of looking at ABCs representing attunement, which is um, being attuned with your customers. So being on the same page, if you like. So like attunement is uh, it's a thing that a lot of people would aspire to. In some of my training sessions, I talk about emotional intelligence and there's people of a certain age kind of get it. I did a session last week and there was a sort of, I'm not saying they're they're older, I'm not trying to cluster people into these marketing cohorts of boomers or Gen X's or millennials or whatever, but he was of a certain age and a certain background and he's all over this emotional intelligence. Now I know for a fact that he did not study that at school. Um, I know for a fact that he has never read any books on it, but I know he's a natural at it. 
Um, so Daniel Pink is publishing publishing these books, and I really like his work. And um, but this this new ABCs, the fact that it's new, and the fact that they're given new words to stuff that's already been around, and the stuff is already around, and it's all about context, I guess. So Pink talks about attunement being uh, being in tune with your customers. He talks about B for buoyancy, the ability to defend and protect yourself from rejection, which is really, really important. And finally, C is for clarity. So the view is that you find out what the customer's real problem is. I think it's a really, really logical, emotional um, mnemonic, if you like. Um, but I've seen it from two or three particular individuals that I work with. And the, the, they're boys from in the middle of the country. And um, they've been talking about these ABCs for years, but they just don't call them ABCs. So they'll be talking about, um, one particular customer talks about seeing the picture in the other person's head. Literally says, you need to see the picture in the other man's head. That's not sexist, he just says, man as in everybody. You need to see the picture in the other man's head. So that's probably a simpler way to define attunement than the word attunement itself. And if you visualize the whole idea of working in collaboration with a customer where you're adding value through your consultation, through what's in your head, you can't do that unless you fully know what's inside the customer's head. You can't, um, you can't really diagnose their problem and offer a solution unless you fully know what the picture is inside their head. That's attunement. Um, buoyancy, um, Pink calls it the ability to defend and protect from rejection. And one of my other customers would talk about, you know, no means just not yet. So every prospect that he deals with, he's not really trying to close them out there and then with immediacy. He has got um, kind of setting the wheels in motion to at some point um, have an engagement with that person um, and at some point that prospect will become a customer. If they say no, it just means not yet, they're just not ready. So he's emotionally acclimatized to the journey that it's going to take. And the idea, the more, the more urgent you are, the more likely it is that you're going to get frustrated and you're going to really have to defend and protect yourself from rejection. Another way through that is just to have a, a consistency in your performance so that you're um, not just relying on a small number of prospects or a small number of uh, sales and progress in your pipeline, but you've just continually building up and, and nurturing and nurturing and nurturing. Um, rejection is is really difficult thing to overcome sometimes. It's like a striker who's off form, you know, and goes for four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games without scoring and all that sort of stuff. And there's a whole load of analogies, but it's a real personal thing. And sometimes it's, it's about being clear at the start what you're, you know, what you're truly capable of, what your potential is, and understanding how good you really are, and managing your own expectations. Um, a lot of it comes from overzealous sales managers who want to push their teams just that little bit harder. And um, they don't offer any respite from the rigors of telephone sales or back-to-back -back presentations or long-haul traveling and all that sort of stuff. And again, I've mentioned it in a podcast, two or three podcasts ago, that 
the difference between high performance sales and high performance sports is really recovery and training. Um, so if you're in a high performance um, sport, the GAA was in full flight at the weekend. They're amateurs in a high performance sport. Um, one guy broke his ankle playing for Tyrone. He's got to go back to work. Um, in a professional sport like soccer, these guys will take as much recovery time as it needs. In sales, you're just going from call to call, pillar to post, and it's just a continuum and it's ongoing. So the, the individual needs to find some space to allow for that kind of recovery, and part of that recovery process will be dealing with rejection. And also the sales management team need to create an infrastructure and a space for those people to recover from rejection because everybody deals with it in a different way, but it does ultimately have a serious impact on performance. It's another client I've started working with recently, um, and they have such an, uh, an incredibly pioneering culture for their business. And you can see that the staff are genuinely, genuinely cared for by the attitude and behavior of the key opinion formers and decision makers at the top of the tree. And it's really refreshing to see. They're not paying lip service to it. They're not saying it as part of the corporate social responsibility, sticking on the website and then not doing anything Monday to Friday. It's quite the reverse, actually. They do everything from Monday to Friday and you don't see anything on the website. Um, maybe that has got um, issues for their talent um, acquisition program. But for the people that work with them and they're working um, globally, so they have customers in... Uh, EMEA and and United States working across different time zones. There's uh, doing a lot of work on the telephone, so there are lag times in the telephone calls. There's no frustration, and these people are just performing at a really, really just a brilliant level for 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 a, for any business. Um, so that's kind of the buoyancy thing. It's like, and even the way you say that's kind of the buoyancy thing. It's a really important part of human development that that people have space to to flourish and either inside and outside of work sales is tough you know being an accountant is tough and running a business is tough but the demands on salespeople today uh, mean that the battleground is in the head and people need to be able to deal with everything that's thrown at them there was a uh, a time when you would get away with just going outside for a walk or for those that did go outside for a cigarette and or a few pints after work or whatever it is, but that only exacerbates the problem. And you've got a whole range of different strategies from just keeping your vitamin D topped up in the wintertime to exercise either before work or after work to um, taking proper downtime, to taking your proper lunch away from your, your desk to what you listen to in the radio in the morning going to work, what you uh, do at the weekends, all that sort of stuff can help build resilience. Um, because you can build resilience it's just a question of knowing that you need to um, ABC so A is achievement B is buoyancy C for clarity okay find out what the customer's real problem is according to Daniel Pink and again there's these couple of business people that I'm working with and I've been working with for a few years now who, who both have the same mantra and they, they kind of work on the basis that any problem that you need to solve is not the problem that you need to solve. And so if you think you've got a problem in some area, it's really important that you sit back 
and fully take a look at all of the um, other issues that are impacting that problem and you may find that it's a problem behind a problem that you need to solve, um, which is a little bit, um, you know, it's a bit like you're not saying that you're not a problem solver, but you're a problem finder. So you need to find what the right problem is to deal with rather than just dealing with a problem. If a customer comes to you or a prospect comes and said that they think they've got a problem with something, it's important that you thoroughly diagnose that and that you go deep on it because customer is only an expert in what they know. And if you're as good as you should be, you should be an expert not only in what they know, but what the industry knows, what the market knows, what the competition knows, what you know uh, uh, as a service or, or a product. So um, the burden is on you to be able to find out the right problem rather than just dealing with whatever the customer suggests is their problem. Um, so yeah, that was the, the learning from, from maybe the last 10 or 15 years working with two particular individuals that have always had those mantras. And then I'm sure that if you were to speak to them and they were to give you any advice, they would say exactly what Daniel Pink is saying. They just say it in a different way. Um, that's not to detract from the book. Um, the book's called To Sell is Human. And it's, uh, I like the audio book because it's read by the author and you kind of get a little bit more intimacy um, in that than if you're reading it yourself. But it's, uh, it's a really good book and obviously available through Amazon and whatever else. So, um, yeah, thank you very much um, for tuning in. If you want to get in touch with me, you can fire an email to paul at shift-control.co.uk. There's a series of podcasts that are up on SoundCloud um, on the Shift Control page on SoundCloud. They're also on iTunes, which is most likely where you're going to get listening to this one. And the website is shift-control.co.uk. So um, thank you for tuning in and I'll talk to you again.